Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. The podcast is finding new people. It's very exciting. So if you like what you hear on Vitality Radio, go tell somebody. Let's build this audience of people who are committed to improving their health and ultimately obtaining their optimal vitality. That's what Vitality Radio is all all about. Vitality Radio, of course, is brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. My family business has been around for 43 and a half years now, celebrating year number 44 in August. It's hard to believe it's been that long. My parents started it when I was five. Crazy times. But anyway, life is good. Snowy, very snowy outside this week in Salt Lake City and Bountiful, Utah. And uh, I guess we really needed it. Uh, There's some other places in the country that are suffering. So our uh, thoughts and prayers out to them. And I'll tell you, it's, I don't know what it is about the snow. The snow, a big storm when we get seven, eight, nine, ten 10 inches and it just covers everything up. I'm not a skier. I don't play in the snow much, a little bit with my kids. It's not really my thing per se, but it's so beautiful and so refreshing and so just white and clean. And ah, I love, I love, love the snow when it first falls. It's absolutely amazing. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. I have some amazing news to share with you today, and I am going to talk in detail about IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. It's something that you may struggle with. If you don't, you know somebody who does. It affects 70 million Americans, well, up to 70 million, depending on who you ask. The numbers are a little all over the place because it's not always reported, but it's a big deal. I mean, 70 million, heck, that's getting close to 25% of us. It's pretty amazing stuff. And it doesn't happen that much in little ones. So we know that uh, IBS is a very, very big deal for people in the middle, especially uh, anywhere from basically teenage years up until uh, the senior years. And then it tends to uh, drop off a little bit. I have some theories about that. But anyway, we're going to talk about that in a deep dive today. That's going to be pretty much the entire show I know that you love the rants, and when you ask, tell me about the stuff that you really enjoy listening to on Vitality Radio, oftentimes it revolves around the rants, and that's fine because I'm going to rant some during this as well, although I don't know that it will be an official rant. There's going to be ranting, trust me. But before I get into that, I want to let you know that we are doing, we are in full swing now of offering NAAP, that's Neuro Auto Associative Programming, developed by my good friend Lamont Wilcox uh, at Fulfill Life Yourself. 
Uh, you can shorten that to fly, F-L-Y, fulfill life yourself. He has helped me to fulfill my life in ways that I previously had not figured out how to do on my own. And now we are offering that uh, education at Vitality Nutrition with two of my dear, dear friends, Michelle and Rachel. The three of us are teaching workshops, and we just got done with our second workshop last night. And uh, the workshops do come in in parts. There's uh, multiple workshops as you learn this NAAP model, and it is brilliant and powerful and life-changing. The energy in the room last night was absolutely palpable, and the people that were there listening and learning how to take control of their lives and control of their emotions and stop their cyclical patterns of depression and anxiety and addictions and things like that. They learned some powerful, powerful tools and seemed to absolutely gobble it up. So that's what we're doing at Vitality. We have a introductory seminar to teach you more about what NAAP is this coming Tuesday, the 23rd of February. That's Tuesday, the 23rd of 2021 at 6.30 at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful. The cost to come to the seminar is pretty nominal, 15 bucks for you and five bucks for anybody that you'd like to bring along with you. The only reason we even charge is so that people will take it a little bit seriously. Uh, We know you don't know much about it, and we want to make sure that you are engaged in the conversation that we'll have during the seminar. Seriously, powerful, powerful stuff. So that's what we're doing on Tuesday, the 23rd. Uh, Rachel, Michelle, and I will be offering this seminar and introduction. It'll, it'll run about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, and then we'll have Q&A afterwards. And we want to help you fulfill life the way that you want to fulfill it. We want to help you figure out how to get to the things you really want and get past the things you don't want in your life. That's what it's all about. And we're excited to offer it at Vitality. We have the seminar on the 23rd and then on in March on the 10th and 17th, we will have more workshops where you can really learn this model and implement it into your lives. It is seriously the most powerful mental work I've ever learned. It is truly life-changing stuff. And I've been doing this wellness thing for years and years. I've never seen anything like this. Absolutely amazing. Okay, so that's the announcement. Uh, if you have questions about that or if you'd like to sign up, you and a family member or a friend or whatever, that would be great. You can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Okay, so I promised a deep dive into digestive health, and there are a lot of topics within digestive health. And IBS is the one I want to start with because it's the most commonly diagnosed issue. And we'll talk about what that diagnosis actually looks like. But there's acid reflux, which is very, very high up there as well. There's kind of generalized discomfort after eating, uh, constipation and diarrhea, part of which are oftentimes lumped in with IBS. Autoimmune gut disorders, really significant stuff like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. And so all of those are topics that I may have to tackle one by one because I never know how much time it'll actually take to dive into what I'm diving into each show. I often find that my notes 
are longer than my allotted time on the radio. And so what I will tell you is this. We're going to start with IBS. I am prepared to go deeper into some of the other topics. I don't think I'm going to have time for it. If that is the case, we will do a part two and talk about reflux, uh, maybe a part three and talk about the autoimmune stuff. But it is all coming down the pike. This is along with mental health stuff, which I am fully engrossed in right now and absolutely loving. And a little teaser has a lot to do with your gut health. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. These are probably my two favorite topics to help people with because I think they're the two most common things and perhaps two of the most frustrating and discouraging things that people deal with when they just can't feel good in their gut uh, or in their brain. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to start off with IBS. So the numbers are these, about 12% of doctor visits in the U.S. are for IBS symptoms. Now think about that, 12% of doctor visits, that's a lot of doctor visits every year. Uh, the It's an intestinal disorder, uh, according to Mayo Clinic, causing pain in the belly, gas, diarrhea, and or constipation. The cause of irritable bowel syndrome isn't well understood. A diagnosis is often made based on symptoms. Now, remember, this is according to Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic subscribes to the tenets of modern medicine here in America. And when they say it isn't well understood, it often means we don't really have drugs for that. But uh, I think we understand it better than maybe they think we understand it. And we'll get into that as well. It is common. Uh, more than 200,000 new cases every year and as many as 70 million of us, as I mentioned before, are suffering from some level of digestive health issues. Honestly, I think that number may even be higher because, as I said, many of those issues go unreported. Essentially, people just deal with it. And maybe you're one of those. Treatment can help, the Mayo Clinic says, but this condition cannot be cured. Now, that's not me saying that. That's Mayo Clinic saying that. They're very well respected for their medical opinions. And they say it cannot be cured. I might, might disagree with that. You'll find out soon. They say it requires a medical diagnosis and that lab tests or imaging are rarely required. It is chronic and can last for years or even be lifelong, they say. Okay, then. The last thing it said, the last thing it said on the little Mayo Clinic blurb on IBS was, learn more. And it had a little blue, you know, link you could click on. Well, I didn't click on that because I already know based on what they told me that I know more than what they're going to be able to tell me. And I'm here to help you learn more about IBS. But first, let's go just a little deeper with Mayo Clinic. They had three little infographics underneath that, you know, underneath the little blue line of learn more. They had three little infographics and they said, these are three of the things that people do for IBS. There's self-care, there's medications, and there's therapies. So under self-care, they listed high-fiber diet, physical exercise, stress management, and relaxation techniques. Now, I am here to tell you that I don't always agree with what's said on the Mayo Clinic website, but I use the Mayo Clinic website a lot because 
their information is kind of gold standard in terms of what is considered the uh, medical opinion by the masses in this country. And there's a lot of research that goes behind what they say. And I love what they say under self-care. High fiber diet, check. That's a big one. Physical exercise, absolutely. It impacts your gut health in a significant way. But here are the ones that I was quite surprised about. Stress management and relaxation techniques. Now, I'm not going to go into those here, but those are way bigger deals than you might think they are when it comes to the health of your gut. Okay, now, medications. They say you may do an anti-diarrheal or a gut anti-spasmodic or a laxative or nerve pain medications. Ooh, and those ones are rot with potential side effects. Or antibiotics. And we'll talk about why that mm, is a little bit backwards. And then antidepressants, antidepressants for IBS. Have you heard of that? Does it sound ridiculous to you? Maybe you've been prescribed one. We'll talk about why that might have happened and why it actually kind of in a weird sort of uh, alternate universe way kind of makes sense. And then they list dietary supplements. Well, bravo, Mayo Clinic. Bravo. Under medications, you list dietary supplements. How about that? And we'll talk, of course, about that because there are some things that are very effective, that are very safe, that are very available over the counter that really do help. And then therapies, they recommend biofeedback, cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is really cool stuff. I'm a big fan. I believe that what I've learned with NAAP, much of which is based in some of the research that was done with cognitive behavioral therapy, is maybe even more powerful. And what I love about it is it isn't therapy. It's something you can learn and do on your own. And then they even say that brief psychotherapy may help. Now, that is interesting because when they said therapies, they didn't say anything having to do directly with your gut. It was all having to do with your head and what's going on up there. And I want to talk about that in detail a little bit later. But first, can I rant? Please, please, pretty please, can I rant about what Mayo Clinic said? Thank you. I will. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Modern medicine is the most hopeless institution I can think of. Outside of maybe state and federal governments, eh, but that's another topic. But when I say hopeless, I mean, they give us very little hope. Like they create hopelessness when they say things like, this condition cannot be cured under any circumstances. Well, how do you feel when you go into the doctor and you say, my stomach really hurts. I can't poop. Like maybe I only do it twice a week or once a week. 
Yeah, I hear that. Or I can't stop pooping. I'm on the toilet all the time. Or I cramp or I bloat or I have horrifying gas or whatever your IBS symptoms may be. And your doctor says, well, I'll tell you what, here's the thing. You're broken. I can't fix that. We, there is no cure for IBS. There is no cure for IBS. You can't be cured. Well, that to me sounds hopeless. And I don't like hopelessness. I despise hopelessness, especially when it comes to your health. Because what Vitality Radio is about and what we really do our very best at Vitality Nutrition to do is to provide exactly the opposite of that in giving you hope through empowerment to understand how you can reverse and solve your health issues. And digestive health is much more greatly understood, even by modern medicine, than they're letting on. Do you believe you can't be fixed? Maybe you've had IBS for 10 years or 20. Maybe you've been constipated most or all of your life. I know there are some people like that. I know some people like that. And I would imagine after 20 or 30 years of that, it would probably feel pretty hopeless. But I'm telling you, there is always hope. You can always do things to improve the situation when it comes to things like IBS. So I refuse to believe that it cannot be cured. I am not your doctor. I'm not a doctor. And so legally, I can't diagnose and prescribe things for IBS or for anything else for that matter. But I can tell you this, I have seen wonderful turnarounds in people's digestive health through very simple measures that just simply aren't usually even mentioned in a doctor's office. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about why it's hopeless when it comes to medicine, because we're ranting right now. We're not giving ideas. We're not giving solutions. That's the second part. We're going to rant about how we've all been disillusioned about our health. Like, oh, crap, I can't get better. Okay, well, I guess give me some drugs and maybe it'll help. Okay, so I believe the hopeless story of it can't be cured boils down to two key reasons. If you can't be cured of your IBS, but you can be treated, then you are a potential lifelong customer. If you can't be cured by drugs, then drugs and doctors didn't fail you. You just happen to be broken beyond repair. In other words, medicine is fine. You're not fine. Hmm. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. Maybe it's because when I was 26 years old, I had severe acid reflux. And my GI doc said it was in the top 10% worst cases he'd ever seen. He'd ever seen. He did 800 scopes a year. He was averaging close to four a day. And he said mine were, was in the top 10% worst he's seen at 26 years old. And now I'm 48 years old and I haven't had acid reflux for 22 years. 
So it can't be cured? Because I'm going to tell you this. You'll hear the same thing about acid reflux. We'll control it. We'll control the symptoms. There are some doctors, to their credit, that will actually say you can reverse acid reflux if you do this and this and this, but you don't hear it very often. And with IBS, they just throw up their hands. Most, not all. But maybe it's also the hundreds of people I've helped with their gastrointestinal problems for the last 30 plus years with simple and natural remedies and lifestyle changes. Don't forget that. Pretty important. Maybe it is because I have seen people reverse gut issues far more severe than IBS, such as Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Regardless, the company line doesn't work for me because for me, it's simple. The human body is incredibly complex but also incredibly resilient. We can beat the hell out of ourselves and usually bounce back at least to a significant degree. We know too much. We know so much about the human body and its inner workings that we know better than to accept an incurable diagnosis. And yes, it does require effort. Yes, we need to take better care of this amazing body we've been blessed with. But when we do, if we nourish it and exercise it and do some mental work, we can be cured of most things. At least that's my philosophy. So first, let's talk about how these things are treated and not cured. The diagnosis of IBS is a crapshoot, literally. Sorry, couldn't help myself. Doctors hear the symptoms and then they say, IBS. And that's fine, except that IBS can be caused by so many different things and usually a combination of things. They may define it as IBS-C, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, or IBS-D, irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea. Okay, that's easy. Or maybe it's just IBS, who knows? Meaning you're going between the two on a regular basis. Mayo Clinic, remember, said a couple of things that I mentioned earlier, and I want to reiterate those things. An intestinal disorder causing pain in the belly, gas, diarrhea, and constipation. So those are the symptoms that they're looking for. The cause of irritable bowel syndrome isn't well understood. A diagnosis is often made based on the symptoms. So you go into your doc and you say, my stomach hurts, or I have gas, or I have diarrhea, or constipation, or some combination of those things. And then Mayo Clinic says these two things. A diagnosis is required. Lab test or imaging is rarely required. A diagnosis is required? I mean, think about that. If you're at home and your gut hurts and you have gas and bloating after meals and you're constipated or you have diarrhea, that constitutes IBS. I mean, every medical website you can find will tell you those are IBS symptoms because IBS isn't a real thing per se. The symptoms are real, but IBS is just sort of this catch-all for those symptoms because they already said it's not well understood by medicine. But of course, we're made to believe that we aren't smart enough to diagnose anything for ourselves. We must go see a doctor. Tell him or her our symptoms, and then we'll, he will tell us what we already knew. We have gut issues, a.k.a. 
IBS. Please help me take our power back. You aren't stupid. You can tell if your stomach hurts or if you can't poop without a doctor confirming it for you. We have been led to believe in America that we can't take care of our own health, and therefore we have abdicated that power to medicine. And that is a very dangerous power to give away. Now, I'm not here saying that if you've got a significant issue, you shouldn't go get it checked out. I think oftentimes that is a really good idea because you do want to know if there's something else wrong. But when we're talking about these basic things, do we need a diagnosis of IBS to just to be told that we can't be cured? Or can we actually take matters into our own hands and try to actually heal ourselves? Listen, I'm the first, well, okay, I'm not the first guy, but I'm a guy. I'm a guy that will go to a doctor if I really need to, to figure out what's going on. If I need an imaging or I need blood tests to see what's going on in there, yeah, sign me up. I've got a problem. I need to figure it out. I just went to my amazing dentist friend, Dr. Larson, yesterday to figure out why my tooth hurts. And you know what I love about Dr. Larson? He says, we don't want to get rid of that tooth. Maybe we can fix it and not fix it by filling a cavity that isn't there, fix it by killing the infection that is. And he gave me some directions and he gave me some ozone. My tooth is getting better. I know it's getting better because it's been hurting me for over a week and it's just getting better and better and better because I am taking matters into my own hands, but I included a medical professional in that task. Thank goodness he is a medical professional who believes that you can do things at home naturally to take care of your health. And I'm going in to see my good buddy, Dr. Cameron, in a couple of weeks to get some blood test results because I want to see what's going on there. I think that's a good idea. All of these things have their place, but what I'm trying to get across to you is that we don't have to rely 100% on modern medicine to tell us that there's something wrong inside of our body that needs to be fixed. Our body has an amazing way of telling us that, and it's called pain and discomfort. And when we see those things, those are messages to change. And that's when we need to take the power we have to change the things that are causing those issues. So if your gut hurts, is there something that you can do, that you can do? And the answer is, Yes, not just something. There are many things. And I'm going to go into those things in detail in the second half of the show. I'm going to tell you the whys, the whats, and the hows. I'm going to get through as much of it as I can. And if we go over, I may have to just go along and make it uh, a bonus podcast. But I'm going to try and get to all of it. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, it's all about what you can do what you can do to take charge of your gut health issues. We're going to talk about physical things. We're going to talk about mental, emotional things. We're going to talk about supplemental things. When I come back, I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, 
others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email. Info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. Before I go into the things you can do to help with your gut health issues, I want to rem remind you that we are doing neuro auto associative programming. That's NAAP at Vitality Nutrition now through the core wellness group. That's me and two of my dear friends who are offering this amazing education and training because that's what it is. This isn't about supplements. This isn't about therapy. This is about teaching you how to get unstuck in your life, no matter where you were stuck at. If you are a listener to my podcast specifically, if you're grateful that I have a podcast because now you can listen on your own terms and not have to wait for Saturday mornings to roll around from 9 to 10 a.m. Well, there's a reason I have a podcast and it's called NAAP. I learned NAAP and the first thing that it did for me is help me conquer all of the self-limiting beliefs I had about releasing a podcast finally. And within less than two months after learning the basic tenets of NAAP, there was a podcast called Vitality Radio Podcast launched. And since then, it's been amazing how much else I've learned and how much more empowered I feel. We would love to introduce this to you. We have a seminar on the 23rd. That's this coming Tuesday, the 23rd of February, 2021, in case you're listening to this after the fact. And we'll be doing these seminars monthly though. So if you're interested and you missed this one, we will continue to do them. You just call Vitality and we'll tell you when and where, uh, well, when and, and uh, the times and all that stuff, the details you need on the next one. But this one's Tuesday, the 23rd, 6.30. We still have some seats left. We would love to fill those seats. We'd love to have you there. It's $15 for you and $5 for a friend or family member. And you can bring more than one person with you. You do need to reserve a seat though. And like I say, there is a small charge. It is $15 for one person, $5 for each additional person. We would love to have you there at 6.30 on Tuesday, the 23rd at Vitality to learn about NAAP. If it sounds interesting to you, but you're on the fence about coming to a seminar, go back to episode 39 
of Vitality Radio and learn more about it where I interview Lamont Wilcox, the guy who developed this in the first place. Okay, now on to, on to the topic at hand, IBS and the things that you can do. So first I want to ask, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Also, I want to make it clear to you that if you have concerns about this, and if after this episode of Vitality Radio, you still have questions, which is pretty common and just fine. I can't get to everything on the radio. And of course, every one of you is an individual that has specific issues associated with you. So if you have questions, you call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662. And if you want to have a sit-down consult with me, you can do that. They're free. We do about 15 minutes or either over the phone or in person, and we'll talk about the questions and answers that you need to understand to take care of this. So call us at Vitality if you want to do that. Otherwise, you can call and talk to anybody on the phone, and they can help answer your basic questions without a problem. 801-292-6662. Here are the questions I want you to ask yourself. What is my antibiotic history? Did you have antibiotics, even if it was only one, but especially if it was two or three or four or ten? in the first four years of your life? Also, were you a C-section baby versus a natural birth? And were you breastfed for at least a year to 18 months? If you answered yes to C-section, no to breastfed, and yes to antibiotics, or some combination of those three, then you started off not quite full with what's called the human microbiome. And the human microbiome makes up the hundred trillion good guys that are fighting for our immune health, fighting for our gut health, fending off things like E. coli and other viruses and bacterias and fungal infections. If you're short on those, then in a minute, I'm going to explain how to fill that tank back up. Another question, are there specific foods that make things worse? If you're not sure of that, become aware. Pay attention to what you eat and when you hurt, when you're more constipated or when you have diarrhea, when you have more cramping or bloating or gas. Pay attention to that. Play the elimination game and eliminate some of those things and see if things improve because that information is very, very powerful as well. Am I on a medication that might be causing side effects? If you're on any medications, go to WebMD or Drug Facts or Rx dot com, or there's about a thousand of them and look up the side effects of that medication and see if any of them are gut related. If they are, you may want to consider talking to your doctor about alternatives that maybe would reduce those symptoms. One thing that a lot of patients experience is they don't have issues of side effects with a specific drug at first, but over time they do. So then they oftentimes don't associate it with that drug. And so it's good to know what the possible side effects might be. Two big questions for your mental side. Do I believe I can get better or do you believe that it is incurable? If you believe you can get better, that is the first step. Absolutely. And it's important. Am I willing to make some changes in my lifestyle or possibly sacrifice some things that I think I love? And I say, I think I love because if you love these things and they are hurting you, when you get rid of them, and the pain goes away, you may find you didn't love those things anymore. Are you willing to make those changes and sacrifices? What is your mental health picture like? 
because mental health plays a major role in gut health. And we're going to get into that in a minute. What is your stress level like? And lastly, are you doing as your mother asked you to do? Are you chewing your food? And we'll go into detail on all those, but those are the eight questions. Now, let me go into the solutions that I am aware of that I've had the most success with over the years at Vitality Nutrition for the last 20 so, something minutes of this show. Digestive enzymes. Now, a lot of people get these confused with, uh, with probiotics, and they are not the same thing. They are besties, they play a big role, and they work well together in the gut to make you healthier. But digestive enzymes are not what probiotics are. Digestive enzymes, there's a finite number you can ever produce. You're born with a certain number of enzymes that you can produce, and when they're gone, they're gone. And the thing is, when they're gone, you will die. So our body has a way of throttling back production the older that we get. The more enzymes we use in our youth, the less enzymes we have on board for our adult years. And it is estimated by most experts in this field that by the age of somewhere between 30 and 40 years old, most Americans are enzyme deficient. Unfortunately, I'm seeing that even in teenagers now. And it's a shame because these enzymes are literally life-giving. They are very, very important. The good news is they can be supplemented. You can replace them. And that is a first step that makes a lot of sense because if you take enzymes and you don't need them, you won't feel better, but you won't feel worse. And in fact, Worst case scenario, you'll use some of those enzymes and your body will store them up for further future use. That's pretty cool. So you're not wasting anything and they could help a lot. How do they help? Well, first you have to understand where enzymes come from in the human body. They come from the salivary glands. We start to produce enzymes sometimes even when we smell specific foods. The body says, whoop, I know what's coming and starts to, you know, that mouth watering thing. Yeah, the mouth-watering thing, that's your body saying, okay, we're preparing, we're shooting some enzymes up in there. So when your mother or your grandmother said, and I'm convinced that every mother was endowed by God before, <laughs> before they were born, to learn these words, please chew your food. Now, I don't know what it is, but I don't think I've ever talked to a single client of mine whose mom hasn't said that to him, including my dear mother. Chew your food, man. Slow down. And of course, I, not being a mother, but being a father and knowing better, I say the same thing to my kids. Chew your food. That's important because the only teeth you have are in your mouth. You may not know that, but you should. And those teeth in your mouth are the very best thing to grind up and macerate the food that you eat. But while you're doing that in your mouth, those enzymes are breaking things down into the nutrient level of what they should be. Because our body doesn't know, our bloodstream and our cells don't know what chicken is, and they don't know what spinach is, but they know what the nutrients are contained within those foods. And so what we have to do is break the food down to the point where those nutrients are released. And that's what enzymes do. And it's a big deal. When we chew our food, we break everything down physically, but also from the enzymatic standpoint and allow then the stomach to work less hard, the intestinal tract to work less hard. And that's a big deal because the two things that require the most energy in our body are digesting food and digesting information. 
What happens in our brain takes about 25% of the energy that we produce. What happens in our gut is roughly the same. So half of the energy we produce isn't spent walking around, isn't spent doing athletic things. It's done, it's mental work and it's gut work, digesting our food. And the more help we give by chewing our food, the better. Uh, Let's see. So as far as digestive enzymes go, as far as digestive enzymes go, you take them every time you eat. And I have people look at me like, every time I eat, that's a pain. Well, so is gas and bloating after you eat. I guess I'd rather have the mental pain of remembering to take my enzymes. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The most important supplement that I use every single day, even when I'm being lazy, is digestive enzymes. I notice a big difference. Now, if you complain about energy, if you're always tired or you've got brain fog, Take digestive enzymes every time you eat. It will free up energy for your brain and your body. It takes a lot of pressure off and a lot of energy off of the digestive process. It's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, Let's see here. All right. The next one, probiotics. Almost all of us need a boost in our bacteria, but especially if you answered yes to antibiotics before you were four, but I'll say antibiotics ever, because what we've learned about just amoxicillin over the last five years is a little scary. Amoxicillin, you've heard of it. You've probably taken it at some point. Ear infection, strep, sinus infections, urinary tract infections. It's it's a go-to antibiotic. It's cheap, it's readily available, and it's pretty effective for a lot of things. So a lot of people have been on it, and a lot of people have been on it a lot of times. Well, what's interesting about amoxicillin is that we know, we know that it can knock down in 10 days half, half of our good bacteria in our system. Half can be killed. We have 100 trillion of those guys if everything's going like it should be, and we knock out half of that? 50 trillion? Now, it's resilient. This is living, breathing bacteria. These are organisms that reproduce, thank goodness. But what we've learned now is that we don't generally reproduce all the way back up to 100%. That's what they're learning in the Human Microbiome Project, the study that's being done on the gut and the microbiome. So let's just say you get up to 90%, which is what it's estimated. 90% of what you had And if you started off a little empty because of not being breastfed or being a C-section baby like I was or having antibiotics when you were young, then 90% isn't even 90% of a full tank. It's 90% of whatever you had. And then if you do amoxicillin again, that comes down a little more. And amoxicillin again, it comes down a little more. And this applies to all antibiotics. It's just that with the amoxicillin, we actually know what the numbers are. So that is the biggest threat because it's directly something we're putting into our bodies to kill bacteria. And unfortunately, it does not take prisoners. It kills friend and foe. So the bacteria that we have that are good still get killed by antibiotics. So if we're supposed to have 100 trillion in there and we're working with 50 or 60 or 20, I don't know what it is for you. It's different for everybody. We need to get it back up to 100. That's a big deal. But also species diversity is big. 
We're supposed to have over a thousand different types of bacteria in there. Thousand different species. Think about that just like in the human race. How many species do we have? Or in the animal kingdom? A thousand species is a lot. And when I said species, I guess I (laughs) should have said races, right? We have these different races, not near a thousand. We have the race wars and racism and all the other stuff that we talk about. And then we have a lot of people saying, well, diversity is the key. Well, maybe it is. But one thing we know for sure is that it absolutely is in the gut. Diversity is a big key. The more range, the wider range of these good bacteria that we have, the healthier immune system response we have and the healthier our gut becomes. So I talked about how we lose them through antibiotics, but we also lose them through things like Roundup, which is a human antibiotic. Glyphosate is what it's known as. And it's in herbicides all over the place. You may use it in your yard. And if you do, well, you're not just killing the weeds. You're killing your own good bacteria. You may be eating it in food that's not pro- or not grown organically. You may also be eating meat and dairy products from animals who've been treated with antibiotics because 70% of the antibiotics used in America are fed to animals that we then eat. And then you may be using antibacterials, especially among the COVID thing. Everybody's spraying everything and disinfecting everything. And even if you're not using them, unfortunately for you, everybody else is. And so you're being exposed to things that will kill your good bacteria. So it's become more and more apparent to me that everybody needs a boost of probiotics. But what probiotic? And I don't have enough time. I could do an entire show on probiotics. I will just say that you want what are called spore-forming probiotics. There are not very many of them on the market. The two that I like the most are Just Thrive. And if you have a long history of IBS-type symptoms or low immune response or chronic infections or anything along those lines, you need to be on Just Thrive. And I would recommend at least for six months, at least. It's only one a day, which is amazing, very easy, but you need to do it about six months. You'll feel better before six months. In almost every case, people notice improvements very, very quickly, usually in the first bottle, which is just one month. But you need to do it long enough to really build that stuff back up. And it won't hurt you to go forever, but most people within six months have seen massive change. If you have less of these issues, it's more mild or it's occasional, excuse me, or if you love what I heard, what you heard about uh, enzymes, then back on track. Back on Tract has two of the key probiotics that I just talked about that are in Just Thrive, the two most important ones, and it also has digestive enzymes, so it covers both bases, and it even has herbs to help cool and calm a sensitive stomach. If you have basic discomfort after meals or what's coined as indigestion, sorry, or you deal with mild reflux or mild IBS symptoms or occasional discomfort after meals, Back on Tract is amazing. Maybe you've been sick and your gut hasn't been the same since, and you just need to do a little reset, Back on Track can do that for you as well. So those two products are amazing. If you call Vitality and give us a little bit of a history, we can help you decide which one. If you're really, really struggling, oftentimes we'll recommend both, at least short-term. With Back on Track oftentimes being the more long-term thing and Thrive being the get-you-there thing. If you just need the enzymes, you already feel like your probiotic levels are good, 
or you're going to take something like Just Thrive, then you can also use an enzyme called assimilate. That's assimil in letters, and then the number eight. Assimilate is a great digestive enzyme, very economical, very effective. So those are the things that I recommend in that category. Apple cider vinegar, you've heard of it for all kinds of things, metabolism and weight loss and all that. And I'm just going to tell you that I think it's marginally effective in those areas, potentially. I think the reason it's effective, if it is, is because it really helps your digestive system, significantly helps it. It helps with bile flow so that the bile salts can come out of the gallbladder or liver and do what they need to do to help you break down fat. It also helps us to break down proteins. You can take it every time that you eat, just like the digestive enzymes. They are not first on my list. The reason I mentioned the other two first is for good reason, but they are very, very helpful for a lot of people, especially if you're dealing with heartburn or reflux. A lot of people find that simple old apple cider vinegar in a capsule taken with meals prevents those symptoms. Pretty amazing stuff. I love two brands, Natural Factors and Enzymetica are two of the best that I've found. And then aloe vera juice. You've used aloe vera on your sunburns, I bet. And it's amazing. It's very soothing. Well, it soothes on the inside as well. It can calm a sensitive digestive tract and reduce a lot of the burning and bloat and discomfort with meals. But over time, it can really help to rejuvenate proper stomach function and acidity. And it's one of the key things I used to reverse my acid reflux issues. And the aloe vera that I have the most faith in, in fact, the only aloe that I have great faith in for those things is a brand called Aloe Life. I absolutely love that stuff. Okay, so what if you're dealing with gut pain? Your gut hurts when you eat, a lot of cramping, bloating, you know, that sort of thing. Well, in that case, peppermint oil is amazing, but not peppermint oil like you'd get in an essential oil. It is the same stuff, but you want it in what's called an enteric coated capsule. That allows it to get into the intestinal tract where the pain is and open up. And as you can imagine, peppermint oil is extremely cooling. Take one drop and add it to a water bottle and you'll be like, wow, that's refreshing. Well, that's what it does in the gut too. It cools the inflammation. It calms things down. It's really pretty amazing. Now it is not a fixer necessarily, other than it is anti-inflammatory, which can calm things down, but it doesn't do the same healing things and, and digestive uh, assistance of the things that I've just mentioned, but it's amazing. And there's another one called Bosmed, B-O-S-M-E-D, with peppermint oil that actually helps to work on what's called 5-LOX, which is the pain and inflammation enzyme found inside of the human digestive tract. So if you're really struggling with pain with, with meals, Bosmed with peppermint oil is amazing stuff. If you're constipated, there's a few things that you can do. And that's one I would recommend that you call us at 801-292-6662. And we can give you some more details on what makes sense based on what you're able to tell us. But magnesium is deficient in almost all Americans and magnesium can help to balance the bowels. There are different types of magnesium. You really want to make sure you're getting the right kind. And because I don't have a ton of time, like I said, give us a call and we'll help you with that. There's also two amazing formulas, one called Lean and Clean, my personal favorite, and another one that I absolutely love called Lower Bowel Formula from Dr. Christopher's. These are all excellent assistants for constipation that are all natural and gentle and very, very helpful. 
And now I want to talk about one more thing before I sign off for today's episode, and that is the gut-brain connection. We keep talking about it. They actually prescribe antidepressants for IBS sometimes, and believe it or not, it can help. Well, the reason is this. We have in our human body what's called the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. When we are in the sympathetic state, we are in fight or flight mode. Now think about this. When you are under stress and you eat, your body is in fight or flight mode when you're under stress. And when that happens, it actually turns off your digestive system. Not completely, but almost completely. It just turns it off. So how the heck are you supposed to digest your food? So when we're in the drive-through because we're in, we're late for an appointment, we've got to get something to eat. And we're stressing out about the traffic signals while we're knocking back that burger. We are setting ourselves up for disaster digestively. We have to calmly eat. We have to take back those moments when we're supposed to be feeding our body, breathing calmly, having a nice conversation with a friend or the family, and eating and chewing and digesting our food. Because when we are in the parasympathetic, the non-stressed state, it's not fight or flight anymore. It's called rest and digest. And Why is it called rest and digest? Well, it's pretty obvious. It helps us digest our food because our digestive system is now at rest. Our mind is now at rest, which allows our digestive system to work like it should and being instead of being shut off. That's a big deal. A really big deal. So how do you get there? If you're stressed out, sometimes it's hard to not be stressed out. And we talk about this in the NAAP. We can help you learn the switches to go from fight or flight to rest and digest literally in moments. I'm going to give you one little exercise that you can do. It's a breathing technique. And I had a, a dear friend and client of mine who was just in yesterday saying, I've been doing that four, seven, eight breathing, and it's really been saving me, which I was so excited to hear. Well, I've learned a new one and I really, really like it. It's specifically for helping to get us from the sympathetic state to the parasympathetic state, from stress to calm. And it's called alternate nostril breathing. And you put two fingers on your forehead between your eyebrows and you put your thumb on one nostril and close it off. You can hear me doing this. And you breathe four seconds in. And then you hold for four seconds. And then you release through the same nostril. And then you switch. You keep those fingers on your forehead and you use your ring finger to block the next, the other nostril. And you alternate. Nostril to nostril, you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, you release for four seconds. It's a very simple technique, but it's very, very powerful. And it's very empowering because now you get to take control of whether or not you're in fight or flight or rest and digest. And I would encourage you to use it not just before meals, but it's a great one before meals. If you're not thinking about what you're eating, and you're only thinking about how quickly you need to get done, you're in rest and or you're in fight or flight, and you got to get out of it if you want to improve your gut health situation. Breathing is huge. It's absolutely huge. I would highly recommend literally a minute, a minute and a half of that 
alternate nostril breathing prior to eating your meals. You can afford that and you owe it to yourself. You can afford to take that minute. So do it. It's powerful stuff. If you have questions about anything else that you heard, if you want to learn more about Just Thrive or Back on Track or the Apple Cider Vinegar Capsules or Aloe Life Aloe or Bosmet or any of the other stuff, if you have questions about where you fit in with these things, you give us a call at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. We would absolutely love to hear from you and help you out because I believe your body can be healed. I really do. All right. The last thing I want to mention to you again, is just a reminder of that seminar. If you're interested in learning more of those breathing techniques, which we will learn at the seminar, if you're interested in learning more about neuro auto associative programming, because you feel stuck, addicted, depressed, anxious, not in control of your own life, any of those things, you qualify big time for what we can help you learn. It's called NAAP, and we're doing a a seminar on Tuesday, the 23rd of February at 6.30. You call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662 to reserve your seat to learn NAAP. Thank you so much for listening to me. I love doing this show. It's been so fun for the last 13 years doing it, and I appreciate every time you're willing to listen to me. If you want to learn more Again, call us at Vitality. If you want to learn more about NAAP, listen to episode 39, where I talked to the guy who developed it. It's all awesome stuff. Thank you again for listening to me, Jared St. Clair. This has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.